Oh man, what a uh, what a great start! You know, you can put somebody's eye out doing that. It's uh, listen, it is great to have you here. If you don't know me, if it's your first night here, coming an awesome night. We're celebrating 40 years. My name's Dean, one of the pastors here, and uh, it's just great to be celebrating with you tonight. You know, 40 years is. Just an incredible amount of time to be celebrating. I was, uh, we've actually got some balloons outside. I, I picked those up at the shops today, and I was carrying them through the shops, and it said, Celebrate 40, and I just felt so self-conscious. I don't know <laughs> what it was. Everywhere I looked, I saw young people. I'm like, it's not for me. You know, I just, it's not for me. I actually saw a kind of casual acquaintance, and they said to me, Are you 40? I was like, No, I'm not 40. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but no, I'm not, I'm not 40. Our, our church is turning 40 tonight, but uh, we are, we're celebrating. Celebrating 40 years, you know, 1976, this weekend, uh, this church, you know, came into being, uh, and it is that incredible 40 years since. There was, uh, uh, and it is, it's an incredible span of time. Do you know in, in 1976 there was uh, another cool story from that year? Uh, in 1976, there was a, a young man, he was 14 years old. He was a drummer. His name was Larry. And in 1976, around autumn, a little bit later uh, than, than this, in 1976, he put up a notice board in his high school, 14-year-old kid. He said, I'm looking for people to start a band together. And, uh, and if you guys uh, saw this sign, and pretty quickly, he met another guy named Paul, met another guy named Adam, met another guy named Dave, and they started a band, just kids in high school. And uh, they ended up naming that band uh, Feedback. What a cool name that was. And they called it Feedback. And then they changed the name, and they became The Hype. Uh, which also sounds like an incredible name for a youth ministry, circa 91, 92, the hype. And, uh, and, and then they ended up changing it one more time, and that band became U2 in 1978. 1976, U2 began. And uh, it's incredible, you think. And Paul was, you know, later changed his name to Bono. Uh, Dave Evans changed his name to The Edge. And let's be honest, if their names were still Paul and Dave and they were called The Hype, they would be nowhere near as cool as they have been. Uh, it just would not be the same. But they became you too. And I just think it's an incredible thing. When you think about 40 years and a 14-year-old kid posting a, a notice on the wall in his high school. Do you know what I reckon is just amazing about that? Is, you know, you can have some wild dreams when you're a teenager, but I would almost guarantee you that in their wildest dreams, they could have never imagined what the next 40 years was gonna hold for them. And we're talking you too, 40 years of music, sold out shows, arenas around the world, album after album. I mean, they're one of the biggest bands of all time. 14 year old kids sticking a notice up in his high school. And a few guys calling up saying, yeah, let's start a band. And I just love the thought that, you know, in 40 years, you, you just can't even imagine sometimes what could happen. And as we've approached 40 years as a church, uh, we've approached it this way, and if you've been here the last week, you'll know this. We've been thinking about, you know, as a church, we're coming to the end of a 40-year season. And in lots of ways in the scriptures, 40 years signals times of completion, times of preparation. You know, Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness before he was going to lead the people out of Egypt and into freedom. And then after he went back and got the people, he spent 40 years wandering the wilderness again with them while God was preparing them. They weren't yet ready. And then after that 40 years, they began to move 
into the land God had promised. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness just before he was to step into what God had for him. 40 is often a season of preparation and fulfillment in the scriptures. And the thing is, as we've approached, our, as we celebrate 40 years tonight, we do that at one level, celebrating and thinking of the past. But there's another level at which we are really celebrating this, is to say this is a celebration of what is yet to come. Do you know, there was a notice that was uh, uh, 40 years ago in, in this church, there were 24 families. In fact, I got a little, a little notice board we'll, we'll bring out. This is... This was 40 years ago, also in 1976, while Larry Mullen uh, was, was posting a notice at his high school. This is a copy of the, the Church of Christ Whitford Founding Covenant. 24 families signed it. I'm pretty sure it wasn't originally on wood, but this is, this is it, kind of imprinted onto wood. And their words, and 24 people covenanting on the 4th of July, 1976, to become a church. I'll read you just the beginning part of this. Acknowledging Jesus Christ to be our Savior and Lord and accepting the scriptures as our rule of faith and practice, recognizing the privilege and responsibility of uniting ourselves for Christian fellowship, the celebration of Christian ordinances, the public worship of God, and the advancement of the kingdom of God in the world. We do now in the sight of God and claiming his blessing, solemnly covenant and agree with each other to associate ourselves together to be a church of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the testimony of the scriptures. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? 40 years ago, they signed up. They said, you know what? This is, this is our notice on the wall. And we're covenanting together and we're saying, sign me up. I want to be a part of the church. I want to be a part of uh, uh, the fellowship of believers who covenant together to advance God's kingdom as a church under the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? It's cool to think about all you two did, but I tell you what, I know that the 24 people who signed up that day, I know for a fact because I asked one of them today, I know they could have never imagined all that was to come in the next 40 years. They would have never imagined all that was to come in the next 40 years. And today we celebrate and we give God thanks for all we have seen him do over the last 40 years. We thank him for 40 years of faithfulness, 40 years of provision, 40 years of leading, 40 years of, of building his church in this place. Because we all know it's Jesus who builds his church. And we thank him for 40 years of that. But as we stand here, we look to the future and we say, Lord, and this is what we got opportunity tonight. We say, Lord, if you are a part of, if you're a part of this place, tonight's a night to say, Lord, sign me up. Because it's the last 40 years, we thank him, we celebrate it. But he's not done with us yet. 40 years, and often in scriptures, it's only the preparation for what is yet to come. And we're looking at the future, believing for that, and saying, Lord, whatever you have ahead, it's true north, would you sign me up? And if you've uh, been here, we've, we've called this, this last four weeks, we've been using it as a time to really, I guess, engage with God's vision for us as a church. To say, Lord, what do you have for us? Where are you calling us as we think about 10 years from now, as we think about 20, 30, 40 years? What are you asking of us? And, uh, and so we've been unpacking this. We actually have been spent the whole first six months of this year, our, our leadership group leaning in this, praying, wrestling this through, saying, God, where, where are you calling us? Because we don't want to just kind of look 
only just right in front of us. We want to stop, and, and this is a moment to sort of lift up our eyes and say, Lord, where are you taking us? And, and here's how we started to summarize where we believe God is calling us, the next 10 years in particular. That over the next 10 years, we want to become a center for renewal as we passionately pursue the presence of God. This is where we want the next 10 years. We want to become, when we think about where are we going to be at 50, how crazy is that? I'll be walking through the shops going, I'm not 50. It's just, it's not for me, you know. Imagine us at 50. You know, where do we want to be? We want to, we want to 10 years from now, we, we believe God's calling us to be a center for renewal. That, you know, the church is, we want to we help be part of flipping the script, the narrative of the church. To see it go from declining institution to the dynamic force for love, for joy, for peace, for hope, for justice, for mercy, for creativity, for beauty. All those things that God desires the church to be. We want to be a part of seeing renewal. And we want a renewal that begins with us. It has to start with us, but we don't want a renewal that begins with us, but doesn't end with us. We want to be a part of helping see the church renewed across the northern suburbs where we find ourselves. And even beyond that, we just want to be a place that is a center for renewal, that's helping see renewal take place. This is what I know God envisions across his church, and we want to be a part of that. We're saying, God, sign us up. And we know that renewal is going to happen not by coming up with just great ideas, but rather as we passionately earnestly, intentionally pursue the presence of God in our midst. We believe, as we sort of step into the next 40 years, we want to say like Moses, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. We want to be known and distinguished, above all, by the presence of God. And whether people believe what we believe or, or think like we think, but no matter what, that when they think of us and think of True North, they'd say, you know, when you're amongst those people, it's like you're just in the midst of the presence of God. The people walk away and say, surely God must be in this place. That's the kind of future we envision. We believe that's what God wants for us. And we've been leaning into this, and we call this series in this time of forward visioning, we call it Imagine, because as we look to the future, we want to do it knowing that whatever we ask or imagine, God is able to do immeasurably beyond, way exceedingly super abundantly beyond all we could ever ask or imagine. And that's how we want to approach the future. So we've been leaning into this over the last few weeks, if you haven't been here. And, and tonight, for those who have been kind of traveling along with this, uh, we're going to put a little bit of legs to this. This is where we see God taking us, where we want to move over the next 10 years. And tonight, what I want to give you are what we call our, our four big rocks for the next three to five years. If you don't know the picture of big rocks, it's a way of speaking about priorities. And you imagine if you had some big rocks, some gravel, some sand, you've probably seen this at some point uh, somewhere. If you imagine you had all those rocks, big rocks, you know, small gravel rocks and a bunch of sand, and you have a bucket you're supposed to put them all in, if you put the sand in first and then the gravel on top and then the big rocks, usually you can't fit all of it in there. But if you put big rocks in first, then it's like the smaller rocks, the less important stuff, it finds a spot and the gravel sifts through and then you dump the sand in last and it finds all the cracks and fills it in. So the whole idea of big rocks is just saying, these things aren't everything, but they're most they are the, the most important things. They're the priorities. And so we feel like there's four 
big rocks for us, four priorities that we want to lean into over the next three years, five years, that are going to help us start moving towards the vision God has for us. And we're going to talk about those tonight to give a little bit of legs to where we feel like God's taken us. So the first, the first big rock is what we're calling two plus one. This is probably the most obvious priority of ours. If, if you're part of our church, you know some of the things coming up. Uh, the two represents our two campuses. We're going to, at the end of, towards the end of this year, sometime around October, November, somewhere in there, we'll be opening a brand new campus in Marowa. And we're also thinking about it in the same vein of almost relaunching here in Mullaloo, that we don't want to, at either campus, think business as usual, status quo, but we want to think constantly like fresh. We want to always think like church planters in both locations. And so we're calling it, and so one of the key priorities the next three years, as we know, is establishing both of our two campuses over the next three years. Right now, we exist true north in one location. We're going to step into that new future. And it's going to take a couple years to really establish ourselves well in both places. For some of you who are here, you know, and, and this is your home church, I encourage you, even as you think about later this year as we move into two locations, please be praying and reflecting and thinking about where God is calling you. Uh, because it's not about just, hey, go on with business as usual. It's about every one of us saying, God, where do you want me so I can be a part of what you're doing? So this is our two campuses. Next few years, we want to establish those. They're, you know, this is an incredible opportunity. We want to set them up well and, and do all it takes. It's no small thing to launch into two campuses, and we know that's going to be a big priority for us. Now, our plus one, as you all know, this is about uh, we're looking for a date along this journey. And, uh, you know, you ever get an invite, and it says... You could bring a plus one. We're looking for a, a date. And so, no, sorry. All right. Anyway, yeah, that's right. Listen, uh, as I understand, the jokes do get lamer at 40. Uh, so anyway, sorry. That was, that was spoken by somebody in that zone making the lame joke. So please don't take offense. Somebody will write me an email about that, I'm sure. But anyway. <laughs> The whole idea of uh, this plus one is actually we're saying, you know what, we know priorities are going to be established in two campuses, but at the same time, uh, we want to be prayerfully thinking about and asking God about a third campus. And if we're going to see the kind of renewal that we're believing God for, if the church is going to go, uh, is going to look a lot more like the sort of explosive movement that you see in the book of Acts, then we can't just be content to say, well, we got two, isn't that great, that's going, we want to be a part of seeing renewal. You know, one of the things I love, I'm always, when I meet people, I, I often, I meet them out and about, and I always ask people, where, where do you live? People all over the city assume I'm a stalker. I'm not, but I often ask people where they live, because I'm like, if you live anywhere near uh, Marowa or Mullaloo, I'm inviting you to church. And so if you're anywhere close, I love being able to say to people, oh, look, we're just, we got a church that's right nearby. You got to come along. You got to come uh, check it out. And you know what? Wouldn't it be amazing to be able to just be like, I'm a, you could be anywhere in the northern suburbs and say, hey, oh, no, there's a, there's a church right near you. You come along to it. The, the, if the church is going to see the kind of renewal it needs, it, it's not going to happen just a little bit of time. We've got to be prayerfully asking God, how do we see uh, how, how do we step into all the things you have for us? So we're just praying into this. We're not going to force it. I can't tell you exactly where it's going to be because uh, I don't know. But we want to prayerfully, we want to just kind of approach the next few years, not thinking, yep, God, this is good, and we'll be content with that, but saying, Lord, where are you leading us? As you lead, as we seek you, then uh, we want to be open to that. Here's the second big rock that we're talking about. It's what we're going to call reimagining evangelism. 
at reimagining evangelism. And uh, this is something we're going to talk a lot about the next three to five years. And just thinking about how do we reimagine evangelism? You know, evangelism, for whatever reason, this is a word that just means good news. But for whatever reason, it's got a bad reputation. And, and far too many people, even, you know, amongst believers that we look and say, oh, evangelism, well, that's not me and that's for someone else. Or evangelism, that brings up bad thoughts or evangelism that stirs up fear in my heart evangelism should be the the greatest most enjoyable beautiful thing there is because it's about saying how do we tell the most incredible story that's ever been told and, and we've got to figure out how do we reimagine this how do we rethink it maybe it doesn't look the way it used to always look i think we got to think about how do we take evangelism uh, from sometimes being seen as something transactional and shifting into something that's transformational it's not just about, hey, you know, I just kind of believed the right thing here for a moment and I went on my way because I completed the transaction. But how do we help people? No, this is transformational. It's meant to bring transformation in your life and transformation in this world because the good news always does that. This is about, you know, I, you know, one of the things, if you're in uh, marketing circles at any level, if you talk to anyone who's doing marketing and they're even mildly mediocre at what they do, what anyone in that field will tell you is that the whole landscape of branding is completely changed. And whereas once upon a time, you just branding meant having a logo. It's now about how every single action, every single element of your organization tells the story of who you are. Whether it's how a receptionist answers a phone or, you know, the things you leave on a coffee table, everything. How do you tell the story of who you are? Marketers get this. People who are looking to just to advance their organizations get this. We as a church ought to be the most creative storytellers on earth. How do we reimagine what it looks like to communicate the good news? To tell the old story in new and fresh ways. How do we reimagine, you know, evangelism looking like what it means to have people around your table once again? How do we reimagine what it looks like to just help people come into the presence of God and as people encounter God, that's where lives are How do we just sort of reimagine what this looks like? So that, because if we're gonna see renewal, when we talk about launching another campus, we're not just sort of, hey, how can we shift a few believers around? We're talking about how do we welcome people into the kingdom of God? And how do we share that good news with them? Ways people hear and get and grasp and see transformation in their lives. The, the third thing, that, uh, big rock we're talking about, and these aren't in priority, and they're not in sequential order. These are four concurrent priorities that we've got to constantly just be moving towards and looking and saying, are we growing? Are we stretching in these directions? Uh, the third one we're going to talk about is reframing spiritual formation. That one of the things I think we've got to do and have a call to do as a church in the 21st century is we want, to, we want to reframe what spiritual formation looks like. You know, in some ways, the most basic way I think you could sum this up with what we feel like uh, is if we're to be a people who are pursuing the presence of God and a community of people that is known and distinguished by the presence of God, and spiritual formation has to be about learning how we host the presence of God in our lives and as a community. If the great God of this universe desires to put his presence to make his dwelling within the human soul, within the human heart, in our inner being, as Ephesians says, then how do we make room for the presence of God? How do we make sure we make the shift 
from spiritual formation or discipleship or whatever language you want to use, from it being about knowing more about God to making it about knowing God. And one of the great shifts and reframings that has to take place is we have to, we have to somehow make a shift that it's not about knowing more about God. It's about knowing God. We, we want to know him. We want to form people who know him. If he wants to make his home in our soul, we got to become experts in the soul. And how do we help ourselves, you know, and one another to, 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 to wrestle with the issues of our soul so that we can create a home where Christ makes his dwelling in us? We have to just rethink how do we do this? How do we reframe this? One of the other phrases I like to use in when I think about this one, this is the one that kind of captures it for me. I think as a church, we got to figure out how do we shift from classrooms to campfires? How do we shift from classrooms to campfires? Classrooms, in, in lots of ways, uh, in, the, in the last era, if you will, when we think about how do we form and, and decide people, we think classrooms, content, knowledge, what do people need to know? We need to make the shift from gathering in classrooms. If we're going to see people connect at the deepest levels with God, we got to shift around campfires. Maybe we aren't all campfire people. The point is, you know what? When you're on a campfire, the thing that symbolizes to me is that's where just depth of conversation happens like almost nowhere else. How do we create the spaces where uh, with one another, we are, we are getting into the deepest place? You know what the world needs most is not more, as Richard Foss says, not more educated people, not more talented people, more deep people. And we want to figure out how do we... How do we do a better job? How do we reframe this for the future, what spiritual formation looks like? Here's the fourth big rock, fourth big rock. It's what we're going to call leadership pipeline. Uh, As we have now imagined this future, and we think 10 years down the track, and we imagine renewal taking place in God's church, and we imagine, you know, reimagining evangelism, we imagine, you know, reframing spiritual formation, we imagine what's it going to take to do this. One thing we know, you know, is it requires leadership. When God desires to do great things, he doesn't anoint a program somewhere. He anoints people. And a leadership pipeline is about saying, how do we continually raise up new leaders? Leaders are simply this. They're people who own the mission and the vision of the church. They're people who say, I'm willing to own this. I, I see why we do what we do. I, that vision is not some, you know, pastor's mission and vision. So this is what God has called us to. And, and you own it and you help move it forward. And I think we've got to do a better job of, of helping develop and release more leaders. We've just got to get better at how we raise up that, that kind of culture of leadership. Because wouldn't the saddest thing be? Sometimes I think the only limit, I think God wants to do amazing things sometimes. He wants to do amazing things. And he's just looking for people and places to sign up. To sign up on the wall and say, I'm up for it. And so we want to just figure out how do we, how do we, just, how do, we do this better? How do we do this differently? How do, we, how do we create a pipeline of leaders so that whenever God says he's got something for us, we're, we're developing people and preparing them. You see this picture of, of what it looks like to be the body at work in this world. One of, this is one of our, our big four. Now, all these things. You know, I can't tell you here's the exact sort of now blueprint and roadmap. And we'll do X, Y, and, and make a right here and turn left there. But these are like milestones for us that we're going to have to continually over the next three years, five years. None of these things will happen overnight. But over the next three to five years, we're going to constantly come back to them. 
We're going to constantly be saying, are we, are we moving in this direction? That's the milestone. That's the landmark. Are we moving towards it? And, and as we do that, we know, as we, as we reimagine evangelism, as we become a place that sees more people coming to faith, as we reframe spiritual formation, and we're seeing people connect in new and, and fresh and deep ways with the presence of God, as we see people rising up as leaders, as we're able to be a part of launching maybe new camp, a new campus somewhere, maybe more, who knows, whatever God would have for us. As we look at that future, we know that's what's going to move us toward the place of actually becoming not a church that just thinks, yep, this is good. You know, it's kind of crowded on Sundays and things are ticking along. That's what's going to help us become a center for renewal as we passionately pursue, above all else, the presence of the living God in our midst. And here's the really cool thing. That's why we keep coming back to this verse as part of this season, as part of this moment, as we think of our future, here's the really cool thing. When we look out into the future and we see that down the track and we want to move towards it, we move towards it knowing this. Those words from Ephesians chapter 3 with those just ringing our hearts where he, God's word says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. You know what? I love this phrase, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Do you know Paul actually kind of coins a brand new phrase there? You get the feeling when you're reading this, it's like Paul's like, I can't even describe how big God is and how much he can do. He's just come off the heels of this prayer for the church at Ephesus and praying they'd know the love of God and how wide and long and high and deep. And he's praying that they'd be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. And it's almost like he's anticipating, like, is this stuff all really possible? And God says, listen, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, You'll see this another change, exceedingly, abundantly, way super beyond all that we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church. That's what it's there for. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You know what? We see this right in the middle there, this whole idea, and this is what we've leaned into with imagine. No matter what we dream of the future, no matter what we imagine when we look ahead, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could even ever ask or imagine. You know, we think, of, you know, you imagine those 14-year-old kids sign up for a rock band that oh, surpassed their probably wildest dreams. God is able to make that look like a draw. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly super beyond anything we could ask or imagine. You think of those 24 people 40 years ago signing up to start a fellowship. They could have never imagined all that was going to help. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, super beyond. And I love these verses because they remind us, though, that this promise, this reality, it's given in the context. And I love the picture that these couple verses paint. I love that he starts and he says, now to him. Here's the thing. If we're going to step into what God has for us, it all starts with the to him. I love that in the midst of what Paul's kind of writing there, it's like he all of a sudden goes, now to him. It's like he lifts up their eyes and says, to him. Now to him. Our eyes go to him. It's all to him. When we imagine our future and we think about it, it's all to him. Listening to him, looking to him, our attention, where? To him. It's all to him. And then these verses, it goes on, because who is he? He is the one who is able. He's the one with the power at work within us. He's the one who's able to do exceedingly abundantly, super beyond anything we could ask or imagine. It's all from him. When we look at the future, we recognize it's all from him. 
Whatever we see, whatever's been seen the last 40 years, it's all from him. None of it's from us. It's all from him. He's the one who's able. And I love that last section where he says, to him be the glory. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. On and on and on and on. The church exists to bring glory to God. To make him known. To make him great. To make him seen. To, make, to be the visible witness of who he is in this world. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. It's all for him. When we think about our future vision, understand this. All of this, it's to him, it's from him, it's for him. It's all about him. And when it's all about him, that's when we begin to put ourselves in a position to see him do exceedingly, amazingly, abundantly beyond all we could ask or imagine. As we stand here celebrating 40 years, looking ahead, Saying, Lord, what's beyond the horizon? Where are you taking us next? I think he says to us, who wants to sign up? Who wants to be a part of it? Tonight is a night to give thanks and to celebrate. And tonight is a night, if, if whether you've been here one week or one month or 10 years, tonight is a night to just really simply, the way we want to celebrate 40 years is very simply by saying, Lord, thank you. We praise you. We give you glory and honor forever and ever, generation to generation. We thank you. We celebrate you. And we also say, and Lord, we want to sign up for all that's ahead. I want to say, Lord, we can't imagine what the next 10 years, 20, 30, 40 will hold. But we want to sign up for whatever you have for us. I want to be those kind of people. I want to be that kind of church. And here's how we're going to do it tonight. It's just going to be kind of a, a moment of worship and, and praise. And what we're going to do is we're going to take communion together as a church. The bread and the cup that remind us it is Christ who has brought us together. It is Christ who's given us new life. As we eat from the same bread and we drink the same juice, we're reminded that not only has he brought us into fellowship with himself, he's brought us into fellowship with one another. We are his church. And so tonight, as we take it, I want you to do that with thanksgiving in your heart. Maybe take a moment. Maybe pray with the people you came with if you want. Maybe just find a, you're going to come up. You're just going to grab some bread in the cup. And you're just going to thank God for all he's done. We're going to receive from him. And we're also going to commit ourselves. And, and I want to encourage you as you pray to also maybe say to him, if this is your church in that moment of prayer and as you take communion, to just say to him, and God, I'm signing up. Whatever you got ahead, I want to be part of it. I want to, I want to be in that place. I want to be on my name on that. I want to be a part of 40 years from now, people looking back and saying, those people signed up for what God had for them. And that's just something you can do simply as you eat and drink and pray. This is also going to be a moment as well for some of you who've come and you want to bring a gift. And we, you know, what better way to celebrate what God's done than with a gift? And so we said today, wouldn't it be fun on our 40th birthday to bring gifts together? And wouldn't it be amazing to go into the next 40 years and to, to just together to sow $40,000 into that future? You know, who, who knows if it'll happen? But what we said is, let's sow into the future with joy and generosity. So it doesn't matter whether you give a small gift or a big gift, but if you give a gift, that's one of the ways you're just saying, God, I want to be part of what's going on. And God has a way of taking even the smallest little thing that we give 
And in his hands, it's like he just makes it so much bigger. And so this is a moment where we are celebrating 40. We are thanking God and we are looking forward and we're reminding ourselves it's all to him, it's all from him, it's all for him. Why don't you stand up, let's sing together and when you're ready, come, take the bread, take the cup. Let's meet with God in this moment.